Recorded live over a transatlantic connection, it's Transformation Thursday. I'm Emma Bruce, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well. Wait, 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 hold on here. Why is my English BFF on here with me and not my Megan Mac anointed BFF on here tonight? Well, Penny messaged me and she said that she has some urgent matters to take care of, so as you yanks that says, I'm pinched touchdowning. Um, Han, I think you mean pinch hitting? As long as we get to pinch and hit on you. Well, I think that's going to have to wait until my next trip over to see you, but tonight we're going to talk about your coming out process since you were last on the podcast. And we're also going to discuss how slight changes in our appearances change the way we are perceived by the people around us in our day-to-day lives. But first, we'll be back after the traditional music swelled and fade out. Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loony, and a few British tenors from when I was in London, because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh, yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes, and change isn't good or bad. It just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one. The coins. Money. About how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love we do have expenses and by going to transformationthursday.com they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today plus get exclusive patrons only content um if i say yes can we get on to our next segment oh god i hope so Okay then, transformationthursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure, I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I'm Amy Stevens and my pronouns are she, her. I think they're she, her. Yeah, they're still she, her. I'm looking, touching, doing whatever I do. Yep, confirm, she, her. Um, And on the Zoom call with me tonight from London, England is my BFF overseas. Well, I'd probably say BFF overall at this point in my life. Uh, Emma Bruce. Aw, yeah, Emma. So you're doing double duty tonight, co-hosting, and as well, um, we're going to interview you, correct? Yeah, I've got a promotion. You got a promotion and a raise. Yeah. (laughs) You got a 100% raise from zero. Wow. Whatever. Yeah, that still leaves you at nil. Uh-huh. Or would it be not? Yeah, not. Not? Okay. All right. So, so sometime you can teach me how to speak English. But You're pretty good at that already, you know. Yeah, I know. But I'd like to remind you folks of one thing over there. I mean, you're a little island of what, 60 million something folks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're this big continent of like 300 million, 330 million people. And so even though you invented the language, we're the largest yes, we English did. speaking. Yeah, we're the largest English speaking country in the world. I mean, we have the other languages and everything else. And I'm not going to get into that argument of official language because I don't think we need one. But I think you need to come around to our way of speaking. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Can you? Okay. Can you I'll, I'll put a... some gas in my uh, in my car and check your <laughs> trunk. <laughs> what 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 do you got under the hood there, babe? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so you, but but you're not on here to talk about cars, are you? Uh, no, no. We can talk about cars if you want, though. Well, let's 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 tell let's tell the audience about what you drive because I, your car is quite the beauty. Uh, yeah, well, it's a really, um, really kind of, you know, I'm, now I'm, I'm, I'm a trans woman. I, um, I like to drive a nice ladylike car. So, um, with uh, a big V8, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the big V8, uh, kind of muscle, muscle, a European muscle car, I guess. Yeah, a BMW M5. Yes. But yes. what year? Um, two thousand and one. How many miles were on it? Uh, about one hundred and five thousand, I think. That's not a lot for that old of car. No, you know, I kind of take care of it. Yeah. Um, but it's one of these things. It was, it was, I bought it when I was a boy and I kind of loved the car. So I don't, don't really want to swap it. <laughs> but were you really a boy? Uh, well, I was pretending, pretending <laughs> to be. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that at some level, can't we? Mm-hmm. So you were on last winter, right? Yeah. Yeah, just and after Christmas. Just after Christmas. So I think your episode actually aired the first part of January, but you were actually recorded the last weekend in December, I think, if memory serves me right. And there's been some changes in your life, haven't there, since then? Yeah, yeah. Quite a lot of things have changed. Yes. Um, let's, let's just jump into it. Why don't we? So let's, let's talk about the first big change. So what, what's happened with your marriage? So... Um, when we talked last time, um, we talked about you know, my wife. You know, she wasn't. She, she's been very consistent about this. Um, she didn't want to be married to a woman, and I, I totally respect that. And it's something that she's she's always she's always said that. And um, it, you know, it wasn't fair for me to sort of really ask her to ask her to stay married to me. And um, so we. We got to the point when we spoke last time that um, uh, we decided to divorce. Um, and you know, it, running up to the time when we decided to divorce you know, through last year, it was quite a difficult time. Um, both of us under a lot of pressure. She was uh, sort of very unhappy with what I was doing. So we, we weren't very close last year. But as, as soon as we agreed to divorce, that kind of changed. And... Um, we, we started getting on an awful lot better. So even though we were divorcing, we, it felt like we were, um, we were friends again, which I, I wasn't expecting, but I was so happy because um, she's a lovely person and, and I, I really didn't want to be fighting her. And I, I was, you know, it was sad that, that we spent some time fighting last year. Um, but but from, you know, from December onwards, we, we got to the point where we actually, um, you know, we were friends again. It was lovely. Um, so, so I have a quick question here. Can I pop in with something? Yeah, of course. You said from December onwards, so you're talking about December of 2019 into the first part of this god awful year of 2020, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what happened the first weekend of December that probably really pushed her over the edge to that area of, hey, I love you, Emma, but I just can't be married to you? I mean, did she meet anybody? Did she? Did she go for a long walk around and see some Christmas lights with a friend of yours? I mean, anything like that. <laughs> so this was funny. Yeah, there was a friend of mine in town at the time, actually. And uh, 
yeah now i think now i come to think of it she did <laughs> she, she did meet my wife uh yeah so uh so that was that was you of course amy um and um and that, I, I think that conversation really helped you know and i don't and I, I mean, there's, of course, I could break my arm and pat myself on the back, but I think she started to see something different in us once she understood that there wasn't an agenda, maybe, or, um, uh, yeah. know, or maybe she just, I don't know, I don't want to speak for her, but, you know, maybe there was just, you know, some, because you and I have talked about this a lot that your situation in some regards has always been a month or two behind mine. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think maybe having an example of some model of how to model a relationship moving forward, maybe that helped. I don't know. I mean, I don't think she's going to yeah. come on to talk about this. I mean, if she wants to, she's always welcome to, sure. um, but, and please extend that invitation to her. I'm not going to say her name out of respect for her and her privacy. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Yep. But, you know, but I think sometimes people are afraid of the unknown. And so I think when she could see that there was a family that had gone through this before similarly, I think that maybe just gave her some opportunity to relax a little bit. I think so. Um, and th yeah, at that time, there was, there was an awful lot of questions still and for me and, and for her that we were, we were going to do something or I was going to do something um that neither of us had ever experienced before and i think she she was worried about a lot of things and we talked about quite a few things like um yeah, the the children at school what what would they expect would they be um you know would, would they uh be likely to to ha be given a hard time because their their father transitioned um and yeah, I remember she asked you some of those questions and you, you were able to tell her, well, you know, you, this is what happened in my case. And, and I think that was a very helpful for, for her and for me to hear that directly from you. Yeah. And I think one of the things, hopefully, that I was also clear on is there's also still a lot of unknowns because, you know, my daughter right now is, you know, 11 years old, entering the sixth grade here at our local school. So, I mean, now we're entering that phase of life where, this is where a lot of bullying takes place. So, yeah. you know, I and my other daughter was already in college, so she didn't have to deal with that. So, you know, I think we're both going to kind of figure this out together on this one. So I think, I, I think we've yeah. caught up to each other. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. Um, so, so, but let's come back to the kids because I have some questions there later on, but, um, but did you do anything like a last hurrah together as a family? Um, we did. Um, we had a, a, a trip booked around um, uh, just after Christmas going into New Year. Um, we went to Dublin in Ireland um, and we had this book for quite a long time. And, you know, when we agreed to divorce, we talked about it. Do we still want to do it or should I stay at home and let her go with the kids? We, we ended up deciding to, to all go together. Um, and I, I remember at the time I was thinking that, you know, this could this could be quite a sad um, holiday because it's going to be the last time we um, we we have a holiday as a family, um, and um, but in in actual fact, it was one of the best family holidays we've had for quite a long time. Everyone everyone seemed to really enjoy themselves. We we all just um, we just, we just had a lot of fun. Um, so even you know, and the kids as well. So we we told the kids just um, after Christmas. Um, about the divorce, uh, about me transitioning. So 
it, there was no secrets anymore. We all knew what was going to happen. Um, um, my wife had, um, had found a new house that she wanted to move into. So we could even show the kids some pictures of where they were going to live when they were spending time with her. Um, so yeah, it, it turned out to actually be quite a nice holiday. Um, and I, I felt, I felt kind of free to be myself a little bit. I was still presenting mail, but, um, yeah, I was, I, I didn't have to keep any secrets anymore. Oh, that's nice. It, and I would imagine it's just a nice way to, you know, move on to that next phase of your life for both of you. I, I would imagine it's a good last, it's a nice way to, you know, put a bow on it, so to speak, and to yeah. move on to the next chapter. So I like that a lot. So talk, talk about your ex. How, do, how does she refer to you? Now, right. Um, so I, I was thinking she, you know, she, she had, um, she didn't like calling me Emma um, for a long time. And um, so I was expecting we would probably end up in a situation when, um, you know, when she moved out, when we divorced, she would carry on calling me my old name. Um, but it, that, that hasn't been the case at all. She almost immediately, when I transitioned, she, she started calling me Emma. She uses the, the correct pronouns and she's never, she's never, made a mistake she she just calls me emma the whole time um and and talking to the kids i i sort of i hear about conversations that they've had when i'm not around and they even you know they all call me emma and she her um even when i'm not there yeah and do your kids still i mean mom is mom or mom right yeah yeah and what um, about you what about that name for you i mean is it or is it just exclusively emma now it it, it is um i i, I know there's uh, different different trans women have different sort of feelings about this for me i um i don't mind being called daddy and that's what they used to call me um and so, and so f to begin with i just thought well i'll just let them carry on calling me daddy but um we had a situation where um we went um we went away for a while and um now you say um, we the, was it just you and the kids it was sorry yes yeah okay. me and the two kids um and and we we were in a fairly busy place with load load of tourists around, and um, they were running up to me, you know, shouting uh, "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy," um, and it was a bit uncomfortable because people were sort of spinning around and staring at me and trying to figure out why the kids were calling this um, this woman uh, "Daddy." Um, so and it's none of their fucking business. Well, true, true. Um, I I remember, you know, the first time it happened, it was okay, you know. Uh, it, it happened something like six or seven times in a single day and it it got to the point I was feeling a bit self-conscious and nervous about it so um so it, I asked them if they could maybe start calling me Emma instead um and I, I thought that would take a long time but actually they just switched so now they call me Emma and that's it yeah that's been pretty much it with my kids too in the house they still call me dad and in, in private situations but in public it's Amy all the time um, I had a situation where <laughs> my ex called me. He was like, "How about daddy?" And I'm like, "No, we're not going to go into the whole daddy culture thing." So, no, no, daddy. I even um, it's not I that even kind caught... of podcast. <laughs> I even caught my um, uh, my my daughter. Uh, she was uh, talking in her sleep at one point, and she sort of sat up and started talking. You know, uh, it didn't wasn't making a lot of sense because she was talking in her sleep. But she called me Emma. So even when she's sleeping, she calls me Emma. Well, it's, it says a lot about the brains of children and, yeah. and how easily and, and adaptable they are. And I think a lot of, you know, especially our transphobic, um, not so friends, um, 
I don't want to call them friends. Transphobic folks just think like it's so traumatic for the kids. Yeah. And the way you and I have managed this with our kids by, you know, we're in different situations in different countries, but, you know, with you monitoring your kids, checking in with them, with us doing that over here, and also being able to provide, you know, mental health services, you know, you know, and I say this a lot. I mean, divorce is, divorce is a trauma for a child. Our transitions, I think, are somewhat of a trauma for a child. I would say mm-hmm. less so than the divorce, actually. But, you know, making sure that our kids are okay is our number one priority. Yeah. It is yeah. for you and your ex, and it is for mine as well. So, you yes. know, I think, I think that's the one thing I would say to any trans person with kids is just, you know, Pay attention to your children. You have to do what you have to do, but your children will be happier with you being happy as you are. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. been my big takeaway. And so. the thing that we, um, that, that me and my ex um, have, have done is we still spend time together as a family. So um, they, they, they never seen, uh, you know, us talking bad about each other or, um, you know, we, we spend yeah, they haven't really seen any of the negative stuff that you sometimes get if, if divorces are acrimonious. Um, so um, we, at least once a week, we'll meet as a family and have dinner together or, or something. Um, and oh, it's nice. They see us together a lot. That's very important for the children to see that, that normalcy or that behavior modeled for them. Mm. And I mean, and you and your ex are, my ex and I are going to have issues, but you know, if we can keep them private away from the kids, that's the way to handle those things. So, uh, yeah. So you talked about, you know, a little bit about school and we already teased this a little bit. That's a broadcasting term, <laughs> tease. Um, but how are things with the kids in their school? I know, um, you know, you transitioned, you know, you really transitioned just as a lot of stuff was starting to hit the fan this year. But, you know, um, but any feel for that as we go into the new school year? Um, it, it seems to have gone very well, and it's something I was really worried about. Um, I had um, I had no idea how how it, you know people at the school would take things. Um, it's a religious school, um, so yeah, there's some some people have some sort of slightly old fashioned views about you know about morality and other things. Um, so I was I was quite worried about it, um, and my daughter so. We we, um, we we told them about the divorce and about my transition just after Christmas. Um, my daughter sort of uh, we we always knew we were going to have to go in and tell the tell the teachers at the school what was happening. Um, the the um, the schedule got a little bit um, accelerated because my daughter went in and started telling anyone who would listen um, all, all the news she'd heard. So in January she was going around telling her teachers, she was telling her friends. Um, I think she was even she's even telling the people who look after the kids when they go out to playtime. Um, ev- everybody <laughs> was hearing about this, so um, I think it was even the first day of term we got a call from the school saying, um, "We just been hearing some stories. Um, is it? <laughs> could you know? Could you let us know if what's going on?" <laughs> um, so, so very quickly, I had to go in and uh, and have the conversation with the uh, the, the head teachers, the principals at the school. Um, and and that went fine. Um, I think they were shocked. Uh, they'd never really dealt with this situation before, but um, but yeah, they were they were fine. Um, I, I find that a lot with with adults in our age bracket, where 
they probably have heard about gender fluidity, being trans and other stuff, but it's always been associated with their children or their kids and not dealing with it with somebody in our age group. And, but we've always been here. They just never knew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I dealt with that at the fire department before I resigned. Right. I, I think the media presents trans people as, you know, they, they generally, if, if trans people are included at all, they talk about trans people who um, transition quite, quite young, um, have always you know, felt that uh, transition is something that they need to do. Um, it's or, not, well, not so common to talk about it in the media, people who transition later in life, like uh, you and I. No, and when it is spoken about in older sense, it's especially here in the United States with our current administration, it's talked about hairy men, you know, breaking into homeless shelters or other places. And that's just, I mean, look at you and I, and we can get into this appearance stuff later. There, there's nothing that about our appearance that right now screams male. No, nothing. no. I mean... Not even our voices, but let's let's hold off on that. That's another conversation. Sure. So, when was the last time you presented male or what you would call your boy mode? Um, to, um I know exactly. It was the um the morning of March the fifth. March? Why March the fifth? So, um, so for me, um, my transition uh, as I was going into into the new year, my, I, I I was presenting more and more female but I was still trying to be um I, I was I, I was not supposed to be transitioning at that point so really for for the, the sake of my wife she didn't want me to transition until she was ready to leave the house so um so I was kind of a, you know in what I call boy mode um but I was there was a pretty I mean, sad my, boy I, mode yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't convincing anyone. I, every, all my clothes were, were women's clothes. I was even wearing little bits of makeup sometimes. Um, but the main thing that okay, really... hold on, hold on. Can I can I ask you a question here about this? Sure. Yeah. At, at that point, so March fifth, ballparkish. What size do you think your breasts were? If you want to share. <laughs> um, I think you can tell were... me to you can tell me to bugger off here if you want. Okay. I, I'm okay um, with that. I think I think I was at a D cup at that point. So these things are pretty hard to hide, is my point. Right, and and I wasn't trying to hide them anymore either. <laughs> I was wearing a bra and stuff that people could see. I, I, as I walked down the street, I was getting a lot of weird looks because I, I think you know, it's it, just for the sake of the listeners. My so I I was basically bald as a guy, so I had very little hair. Um, Not basically. I, well, okay, I was bald. Yes. Um, <laughs> So it wasn't like you could you could look and say, oh, that might be a, a woman with short hair. It was quite clearly my hair was it was a male sort of male baldness I had. So I, from from the the head down, I was looking like a woman, but my head was was male. Um, so I was getting quite a lot of you know strange looks when I walked around, and it, I, sometimes I felt a bit uncomfortable with it, to be honest. Yeah, I could imagine, and I mean. But but fortunately, you had a supportive workplace as well, too. So, yeah, work has been amazing. Um, I came out to them a long time before I actually transitioned, and and they've been really nice. They they even even though I was presenting male, they um they all started calling me Emma. Um, I told them my my new name. I didn't even ask them to use it, and I think they just decided collectively that 
um, it would, you know, it makes me happier to be called Emma. So they just called me Emma, even though I was presenting as a male. Gotcha. Well, so we've talked a little bit about work being supportive. Your immediate family situation is supportive. Um, how and when did your extended family get to finally meet Emma? Um, so that was, um, that was in February. There was a big, um, a big gathering in February. Uh, my sister was having a quite a milestone birthday and she, um, she arranged something where um, we all stayed in a small hotel. Um, it was family plus a few of her friends. Um, and um, uh, we, we were sort of getting together. We were having a nice, uh, a, a nice dinner. Everyone was getting dressed up. Um, and when I was thinking about it and I thought, well, I, I'm still, I'm still presenting male, but if someone told me I had to wear a suit, you know, and, and go as a guy, I just, I couldn't do it. I think I would, I'd probably be so upset. I wouldn't even be able to attend. Um, so I, I went to her and asked her, you know, do you mind? Can I, um, can I come to, to, to the birthday as Emma? Um, and she was amazing. Um, in fact, she'd already anticipated the question and, and, and had, you know, she decided, yes, of course. Um, so, so I, I, I had to go around making sure that everyone was comfortable with it. And particularly my, my, um, my mother, um, she was not sure how she would react to me being, um, to, to meeting me as Emma. So um, I met her first, um, just made sure that she was okay. And she was a bit nervous about it to begin with, but I think she's, she got used to it fairly quickly. Um, and at the birthday party, I met everyone else um, as Emma for the first time. What were their reactions? Oh, they, they were all, they were lovely. Um, and so has it my family would. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, has it continued to be lovely? Uh, yes. Yes, they have. Um, I think still, um, my, it's still a little bit difficult for my mother. And, and um, people have said to me that, that, the two partners who, sorry, the two people who have um, often had the most trouble with someone transitioning are your partner and your mother. Um, and, you know, my, my mom, she always felt bad because um, I, I've been, I've been dealing with this since I was six and I never told her. So she feels like I've had all these years of, um, of you know, I, I was hurting and she would have helped me if she'd known um but i never told anyone yeah and i think my mom do and i haven't been brave enough to have this conversation but i think my mom feels somewhat the same way you know it's been hard yeah. for her but yet she's happy that you know and you and i have you know very similar experiences but i think she's happy to have a daughter that's alive than a son that maybe who had passed away prematurely so yeah and so that's tough. So, well, let's talk about happier things because this tends to be a happier show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what day did you finally decide to go full-time? So, um, so the going, going full-time for me, as I said, with, with my hair, it was all, it was very important about my hair. Um, because of that and, male baldness thing, right? Right, right. So okay. I needed some kind of uh, you know something needed to happen so i'd been when i'd been uh, <laughs> when i'd been going out and as you, you know this because we went out in um, london and manchester so i was wearing wigs um but the problem with wearing a wig is that you um you know at the end of the day you take it off and and it you know you see that guy face again in the mirror as you take it off and i i, 
I really didn't like having to do that. And when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you see is a guy, your guy face. So um, I, I found this, I found this place that does um, permanent, basically permanent wigs. And what they do is they, um, uh, they make a, they custom make a wig. They, um, they tie it in using your natural hair. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, um, so it's, it's human hair, really, really, really nice, um, nice um, hair. Oh, it, it's, I'm it's, looking it's, at it now. It's high quality shit. It, it is. It's very, very nice. And it takes a long time to do it. But anyway, my, so the, 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 the day of transition for me was uh, the day I got my hair, because as soon as I got that hair, as I said before, I, I, I was kind of female from the neck down up to, at, at that point. As soon as my hair changed, then that's it. I'm, I'm, people see me as a woman. So, um, so I went in to do a consultation at the place. Um, while I was there, I loved what I saw so much. I just booked a date on the spot, um, March the 5th. So March the 5th. Mm-hmm. What happens the next week? Um, so <laughs> quite a lot of things. So I go into work the first time I go to drop the schools, uh, the kids at school the first time, but also, um, um, my wife's house purchase went through and, um, she moved out. Okay. And what else? Um, a pandemic well, maybe. Oh, that, so that was, I think that was about two weeks after <laughs> the lockdown okay. in the UK was around two weeks after. So oh, yes, yeah, you guys there was, started after us. Right, right. They were, they were a little bit slow to do the lockdown over here. Um, so yes, yes. Global pandemic. Um, so, um, so Emma, Emma finally decides to step out and come out and then gets locked down. Uh, yes. You, you see what I did there? The irony, the irony is not lost on me. <laughs> and, and you, you know, I don't want to make light of this because, you know, obviously it's a, there's, there's people dying and it's a very serious disease, but yeah, from my point of view, yeah, it, it was quite ironic. Well, and how did you deal with lockdown? I mean, you just decided you made this huge decision in your head, March 5th, you're going in, you're getting your hair done. This is your full time day. You go to work, you start dropping off the kids, you know, the most public things that we do. And then you want to come out and live your life as Emma full time. But yet COVID-19 says, eh, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? That just seems like such a mental mind fuck. It, it was, it was, uh, it was very frustrating. Um, because, um, as I've discovered my female self more and more, I, I'm a very sociable person. I didn't used to be so sociable before, but now I am. And, you know, as, as soon as I, as soon as I transitioned, I wanted to be out there meeting people, you know, enjoying myself meeting. Yeah. So um, all of that stuff suddenly I, I couldn't do because um, everybody was locked down and, and stuck at home. Um, so yeah, it was quite a frustrating time. So how did you how did you become sociable then during lockdown? I mean, did you meet other people? Because I know here, you know, I'm out drinking with the neighbors, you know, other neighborhood friends I'm starting to make. Um, and they only know me as Amy now. But I mean, yeah. so did you do any of that? So I, I did. And, and it's funny you should say the neighbors because um, um, even though we were all locked down, I still I was still seeing the neighbors from time to time. And um there was a, a couple of friends I made during lockdown um, through that. So um, one of them was a, a couple of weeks into lockdown. I, um, I got this package through the door and it was hand delivered. Um, 
and it it was you know a a, a really nice gift um, and a note. And the note started with, um, "Hi Emma, you don't know me, but," and it was from um, the daughter of my uh, my neighbour. Um, and uh, the, my my neighbour had um, had told her the story because I'd come out to to them um, at the end of the previous year. Um, she told her the story, um, and 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 the, you know the this um the daughter was just sort of so touched by my story she wants to reach out and 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 introduce herself um oh, that's so now, you know, been, it, it's it's absolutely lovely i mean i i i was i was um i started crying when i realized what happened i couldn't i people never used to be this nice to me before and now it's just you know acceptance and and kindness and everything it was it's lovely Oh, that that just makes my heart warm and puts such a lovely smile on. And I can see the I can see the smile on your face and definitely yeah. puts a smile on my face. So, and but, and we're really close friends now as well. We've you know we've we've been talking. We, we now lockdowns eased off a little bit. We've met a few times, and she's just such a lovely person. Remember, I'm your BFF though. Uh, correct. Yes. <laughs> I know there are multiple people fighting for this title, but I will, <laughs> I will come over there. Yeah. Don't make me come over there, ladies. Okay. <laughs> and then um, another another friend I met, um, and this is the the neighbours on the other side, um, and I I didn't tell them I was transitioning, so I, I, they just saw me once um, as Emma and kind of figured out what had happened. Um, and um, somebody who sort of stays with them as a lodger um, came over and introduced herself, and I I met met her a couple of times and you know said hello um and she um and she said to me well i'm transgender as well and i had no idea um absolutely no idea so um but i you know she she basically lives 10 yards from me and she's you know i i had ne i'd never thought that the nearest trans woman to to me would be so close <laughs> so um so so we sort of met a couple of times and, and she she's lovely as well and she's a few years into a few years further on into her journey than I am, but you know, I had, had some really good conversations with her too. Oh, that's so nice. I'm I'm glad you're you're finding such a loving, accepting community there. And you know, we tend to deal with so much bullshit as trans women, but you know, by and large, I mean our experiences are just positive. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean there's a random asshole out there someplace, but for the most part, ninety nine percent of them are just positive, loving experiences. It, it absolutely and I, a lot of these situations coming out to people i was quite nervous about how people would respond and would i get would i start getting um you know people not wanting to be friends with me anymore and actually it's the opposite people have been lovely and i've made more friends all right so this is going to be our final question for this segment and then we're going to take a break and then come back and i have question 11 on our sheet here but i missed i'm going to, I'm going to pause the interview at question 10 um, mm -hmm. for our listeners i have actually have planned out an interview for this one usually that's penny's job but i have graduated and finally have scripted some questions out but we're going to hold over question 11 more as a discussion but uh, but I really, you know one of the things that you know you and i have been talking about but you know how have things been for you since you ventured out from your neighbors in your neighborhood and as things have started to reopen how has been that re you know How's life going since you've started to reopen there in London? I mean, 
How are people yeah. reacting to you in the stores, in the shops rather? How are they reacting to you in the pubs? You know, when you stop in for a curry, maybe the kebab shop, you know, <laughs> down there on Eltham High Street. You know, how are those reactions? Notice how specific I got. Yeah, you, you know me very well, Amy. <laughs> um, but I've been to a lot of those places you, with you right. too. We, we went together, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so, and again, I, I was quite worried that people would be um, would react badly to me, but it's not been like that at all. Um, and you know, I I got to the point now where I I go to there's a few places, you know, half a dozen places I go to on a regular basis in the high street near me. Um, and I, for, I go into those on, places. For American listeners, High Street is essentially Main Street or Main that, street, right? or that shopping district. Yeah, but I no, but it's Eltham High Street. That's what it's called. It's called that's High that's right. Yeah, Eltham um, High Street. So, so yeah, so I got it. So I, I go into these places and people greet me by name. Um, and, and again, that never used to happen before. But the kebab shop is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the kebab shop owner has been kind of watching me for a little while, it seems. Um, even before I transitioned, I used to, sometimes I would go in there on the way home. For, you know, I'd go out as Emma and have, have an evening and then go in there on the way home. Um, and it seems like, yeah, he's been, <laughs> he's kind of a bit of an admirer. <laughs> and um we, but, we but, ended up having but again, a... <laughs> he loves you so i mean it, 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 all all's well that ends well yeah 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 that's right did he suggest anything about surgeries well yes he was he, he was convinced that i'd um, i'd had a boob job um and i had to tell him three times that i haven't he's like what they're real yeah yeah they're real yeah <laughs> but but oh, then I... he was um then he then he started giving me advice on where i should go um, for other types of surgery and uh, you should don't go to india don't go to india you should go yeah spain is good it, the uk is expensive spain is better but... But just the fact that this guy knows <laughs> that much about the transgender experience and transgender surgeries is at a minimum impressive. Yeah. <laughs> at, the max, little, at the maximum, a little creepy, but, I'm, I'm but he likes suspicious. you. Yeah, well, he, he does. I, I, I'm a little suspicious that maybe he's take, done some research into this for himself uh, because it's a very unusual thing for someone to know all that much about. But but that's but let's but let's in all seriousness in all seriousness, if he is trans, and you have a relationship with him, mm. maybe it gives him a sense of normalcy. Maybe it helps him in some way, yeah. and as long as he's not a chaser type or admirer type, um, and he treats you with respect and dignity, I mean that's a positive thing. And maybe in you know his life situation and his culture, he's will continue to live closeted if he if he is that's a big if but it goes to the point to our cisgender friends of you don't know who's trans exactly exactly he could be be a closeted trans person and he can legitimately be a trans person and never come out yeah yeah so you know if he ever hears this you know i just want him to know that you know we see him we honor him and we respect him yeah, and so I, yeah. I I do you know we make some jokes and we kind of laugh and chuckle, but at the same time there's a serious undertone there that needs to be addressed. So I'm yes. glad we, I'm glad as my co-host you know you and I both recognize that. Yeah. So anyway, so but but people are treating you well and things are going well as you reopen, right? Yeah, it's it's been fantastic, and 
I know we have some other stories there, but I think what we should do is go into our second break and then come back and talk a little bit more with my new co-host. Well, not new co-host, my new guest co-host, Emma Bruce, who's joining (laughs) us live from London this evening. And I'm Amy Stevens, and I'm going to speak for both Emma and I. Both our pronouns are she, her. And we'll be right back after this message. To financially support Transformation Thursday, go to transformationthursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday Podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at TransThursPod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google podcast or wherever you get your podcasts on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review it's free and it does help get transformation thursday out to a larger audience finally transformation thursday is copyrighted material all rights reserved 2020 welcome back to transformation thursday my name is emma bruce and my pronouns are she her and i'm amy stevens and my pronouns are she her as well you know emma i just really want to uh Thank you for coming on. I know you do this on some last minute notice. Um, you know, Penny Sterling, if you're wondering, is uh, taking care of some personal business. Uh, we both have a million things going on right now in our lives. So, you know, I appreciate Emma being able to step in and do this interview and co-host at the same time. But um, Emma is, you know, you kind of alluded to this before as the gentleman in the kebab shop. Um, you know, couldn't believe your breasts and I've had some similar conversations, but yours are bigger than mine. Um, but these little changes and as you mentioned with your hair, with your makeup, with, you know, our breasts and, um, I just had facial feminization surgery. Yeah. You look great. Oh, thank you so much. And, um, but these little changes and, you know, my facial feminization surgery, if you haven't seen the pictures you can go on instagram amy stevens as is that's amy s-t-e-p-h-e-n-s-a-s-i-s amy stevens as is on instagram and you can check out some of my pictures but i don't think i look dramatically different that's that's me speaking about me mm. but what i had changed dramatically changes the way people see me does that right. make sense it, it does. And I was about to say, you, you may not feel you look dramatically different, but the effect is dramatic. Yeah, you know, I, if you, I, I guess if you measure with a ruler, it's not a huge you know, d- change. But the way people see you is a lot different. Yeah. And, I, and it goes back a lot to, and Penny and I have discussed this on the podcast, and I've discussed this a lot. And, you know, the way our brain perceives gender is primarily through the brow bone area. Mm-hmm. And it gets processed in the amygdala, which is the reptilian. It's the oldest part of our brain. Hey, I learned that in grad school. Yay. Yay. But, you know, it's, it's a, but people look at our forehead and within milliseconds make that determination. And that was my biggest goal for the surgery was to come out mm-hmm. and say, okay, when somebody looks at my forehead, I want to be, I want them to think she, her. And I think that's happening right now. Yeah. So, and, and you, so you've, you say you've, you notice that people in, in shops in stores, uh, other places already seem to react differently to you. Yeah, they do. Um, they definitely read me as female now. 
Um, I actually made a friend down in New York while I stayed there. We had a good talk about, you know, presentation. Um, you know, and, you know, there's no one way to be trans, but the way that I, you know, if we get into labels and start talking about things, I am a woman who happens to be transgender, but within that, I'm very binary. Mm. I mean, we talk about, you know, non-binary trans, we talk about trans-masculine, trans-feminine, people assign male at birth, but they're, you know, in this gender queer space. I'm very binary. I yeah. want, and, and I think you fit into this too, but yes. I, I want people to read me as a female. And so that presentation, the way that I dress, the way that I talk, the way that I move through society, I want everything to be female. Yes, yes, I, I totally agree for, for, for myself and for ourselves. And that's, yeah. that's, that's our choice mm -hmm. now. So that's, so coming back from New York, I've been back here, you know, four or five days and every day I've worn a dress. Yeah, I, yeah. I go out to the shops, I go out. I, today I, I ran some errands, went to the grocery store, went to Starbucks and I had on a nice black dress and a pair of heels and I did my makeup up. Lovely. Nobody, you know. Yeah. No stairs or looks like I got before surgery. Sure. Um, and I think it, this this thing about uh, passing passing is the, the word that people use, and it's such a loaded term. But um, um, I think that's kind of it. My my therapist likes to talk about it as blending, uh, blending into society, so people don't turn around and look at you because there's something unusual about you they 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 just see oh there's a woman there doesn't you, you know i'm not even going to look at her twice uh that's kind of my goal yeah and i think you know when we talk about blending in the other side of it that's a problem as well is you know we just how do i put this you know but for us that transition later in life, because we had so many years with testosterone in our system, even if it was lower levels, our, you know, I mean, our, our hormones now reverse through what we've done to intervene there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that takes a toll on our bodies, you know, from how hard our skin gets, you know, our muscles and what it does to our face and everything. So, you know, even though, I blended in, I think, very well pre-FFS, pre-facial feminization surgery. I just think because, like I said, that bony ridge on my brow, the way that I looked, it was just such a, there, I was never going to overcome that. Yeah. No matter how many hormones I took, no matter what I did for makeup or presentation-wise, I could not overcome that brow ridge, mm -hmm. even if I had hair hanging down to my nose, if the wind blew, you were going to see it. Mm. And now it's just not there. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think, you know, I think that's, that's a big thing for us. <clears throat> it is. So, it is. So, but we talk about how people look at us differently now. Um, you know, I mentioned people are reading me in the shops, but I mean, but you know, you go out dressed up a lot. You were, you do a fantastic job with your makeup and with your outfits and with your hair. Thank you. How, um, how are men reading you? How are men reacting to you? Um, I think they're reading me as female. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and no, actually, I, I know they're reading you as female, hon. 
um, some of them seem to be quite interested in me as well. Um, which is kind of a strange feeling because um, uh, it, it's, it's nice in a way because I guess it's a compliment, right? If someone's sort of looking over at you and admiring you, you, you say, well, okay, let's, you know, they, um, it's, it's kind of a nice thing. It's not really always welcome, but it's still a, a compliment of kinds, I suppose. Have you been made to feel uncomfortable in any situations like that? Um, yeah, there was there was a time um, I, I went into a bar and there was a guy. Um, this was very soon after I transitioned. Actually, there was a guy sitting there and he would, he'd obviously been drinking for quite a while and he was uh, he's really quite drunk. Um, and he just started he started looking at me and then he started looking at me a bit more. And I was at the table next to next to theirs. Um, and uh, it got to the point I felt a bit uncomfortable. Um, so I, um, I, I know the bar staff at this place, um, the manager's a really nice guy. So I, I, I got up and went over to the bar and sort of finished my drink over there. Um, just, just so I had someone I knew around me in case something happened. Um, so yeah, there has been, there was that time and there was, there was another time where something else happened. Um, nothing, nothing super serious or, or bad, but, um, yeah, it, it, it does happen, I guess. Yeah, and it sounds like you're aware of your situation and, you know, especially if you're at a pub that you frequent often that, you know, you're able to put yourself in a situation just by moving locations within the pub so that way you're by somebody who can help you if need be, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, then, and I think, I, I, I mean, like last year I did have an incident, but this is a long, about, about 12 months ago, I had an incident where someone tried to grab at me. Um, this was a, 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 when I was out, um, I was still um, before transition when I was out for, as an evening for uh, uh, as Emma for an evening, um, and I've learned from that. Uh, you know, I made some mistakes that evening um, by I wasn't aware of my surroundings. I um, I should have been more careful. Um, it was a bit, I was a bit shaken by it, but so I, I figured, well, I'm. It's not like when I used to go out as a as a guy people do pay attention to me and sometimes that attention is unwelcome and I just have to be aware of that, I suppose. Yeah. And I would, you know, from what I understand is, you know, that's not unique to being trans though. No, no. I mean, this was once I'd settled down a bit and, and got my composure back, I started thinking, well, I, I guess I've just joined the, you know, the big long list of women who, who, who've had some form of abuse from a man. Um, and it's horrible that this happens, but um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of women suffer from, suffer from this. I don't know a woman who hasn't been um, sexually harassed, assaulted, catcalled, blah, 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 down the line. I don't know yeah. a woman who that hasn't happened to. Trans, that, or, trans or cis. It's so sad. It, it it's, really is sad. It is a horribly sad commentary on our civilization. Yeah. As as advanced and as, you know, we're supposed to be, but yet, you know, a woman can't walk down the street without being catcalled. Yeah. And I haven't gone out for a walk or anything since I've been home. So I, I, I need to get out and go for a walk just to keep the legs moving. But yeah, it's, that's a sad statement when we don't know anybody who hasn't, or any female who hasn't been harassed by, you know, a male or, 
even a female. I mean, my sexual abuse came at the hands of a female. So, um, yeah, it, it happens. So, well, let's take a look here at the list of questions, shall we, Miss Emma? Yeah. So, how you're about- so organized, Amy. <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't tell Penny about this, okay? Um, but how about people in general? I mean, beyond men and beyond, but I mean, when you're out in the shops and, you know, those interactions with shopkeepers, with, um, you know, other just regular day-to-day people that you see, I mean. Yeah. Um, so um, they've been really good. Um, and I, as I was saying a bit earlier about how I, um, I used to do this weird thing of presenting mail kind of but wearing women's clothes and not really you know not really yeah, looking particularly not, male not very convincing as a male the last <laughs> so, two years and and i um i i felt really uncomfortable going around like that because because, because people look at me and you know the, I, I i looked strange um <laughs> you just look like you not strange don't use that word don't use okay. not, yeah, strange. not strange you were you i was yes. you were doing what you had to do i was doing me um so, uh, but as soon as I transitioned, that stopped. Um, so, and it was a, it was a kind of, it, it struck me as a real reversal because when I first started um, going out in public as Emma, I would feel really nervous about it. And I'd be worried about, you know, what happens if something goes wrong? Uh, you know, will I have to run off somewhere and change back to boy mode? Um, it had reversed. So trying to go out as, as a boy, as a man, um, would made me feel nervous and going out as emma made me felt natural um but you're still and, wherever you're surrounded so oh of course yeah yeah okay. um but i could walk down the street and people just didn't look twice they you know i just um it allowed you they, to blend in yeah yeah um and the same in shops and talk the, the one thing that i was quite nervous about and i still am um if i if i have to talk um my voice um it took me a long time to even start having voice lessons and I've only just begun. So um, my voice is still definitely something I need to do, do a load of work on. You and um, me both, sister. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's hard work. And I think people, people who haven't done it don't realize just how, um, how much work it is. Um, well, and a lot of people, like my mom asked me this a couple of weeks ago, well, when does your voice go back? I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, hmm. that doesn't change. No, 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 it's unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got to the point now where I can have short conversations with people and they don't realize. Um, and, and that's helped a lot because um, I'm not the kind of person who likes to walk around and not talk. I, I usually have something to say. And it felt quite unnatural that I was, I was for a long time, I was trying not to talk to people because I was scared that they would, um, they would react, react to it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's kind of, I mean, I can order food, I can do some things here and there. You know, the other day I was at the doctor's office. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get the vocal feminization surgery. She says, well, your voice sounds nothing like a male. And I'm like, oh, honey, thank you. But we're not going to be here long enough for you to find out. So yeah. yeah, no, I can relate. Well, let's just wrap up on this one final question. How's that sound? And sounds we, good. let's both take our shots at this, but you first. Um, overall, how would you describe your life now? Um, I, I am so happy. Um, it's difficult to describe how happy I feel. Um, and even though, um, 
during lockdown and the pandemic, it just felt like the whole world had, uh, was, you know, it, the whole world was going, um, uh, going to pieces. Um, I was here just feeling so content, happy. Uh, every time I walk past a mirror, I smile. Um, I, I never realized that I would feel that it was even possible to feel this happy. Um, so, um, yeah, I, it's, it's hard to, hard to explain just how good I, I feel. Oh, that's so sweet. And you've come such a far, you've, you've come such a long way. Um, right. you, you know, you we, me from, you know, when we met, I was, I didn't think I would ever transition and I was scared no. of my own shadow. It, it, it's all changed. I think we, we, I think we all go through that. I mean, I mean, what we've been through, I mean, we all give up a lot to make this change at this point in our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a price there. There's a huge price. And, you know, and one of the things, you know, I'm going to say is, you know, especially for, you know, some of the listeners who maybe were in our shoes or are in similar shoes to what we were, you know, is it worth it to fully transition? You know, that's a, that's a question you have to answer. Yes. You know, you know, should I try hormones? Will that help make me feel better? I don't know. That's something you're going to have to decide. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so, you know, but I can tell you from my perspective that it is worth it, you know, to be happy and to be so comfortable with who I am now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade this for anything in the world. Now, are there some things I would have done differently? Yeah. And I've already admitted them on this podcast. So I'm not going to go rehash those right now. But yeah, I would do some things differently. I think we all would when we look yeah, at things too. through over our lives. Would we do some things differently? So, you know, to answer that question for myself is, you know, I'm in a fantastic spot. Um, you know, the universe, God, the spirit, the great, whatever you want to call, you know, the, the higher being, if you believe in one, the universe has given me this wonderful opportunity to transition at, you know, I started, you know, at age 46, you know, medically speaking, I'm 48 now. Um, it's given me this huge opportunity to redefine who I am and have all the experience and education that I do behind me and, you know, to be able to retool my life and to dedicate myself to serving others who are going through similar experiences by pursuing my degree of mental health counseling. You know, if I can help other trans people, trans kids and their families navigate these spaces, then I'm doing something positive in the world. And that's what I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm so impressed that that's, that's what you're doing. Well, I have somebody to thank for that. It's not you. Um, her name's Kimberly Anderson. Kimberly Anderson is a person we've had on this, a woman we've had on this podcast before. Um, but, you know, she's kind of like my trans mentor. Not kind of, she definitely is. Yeah. And so, you know, we're both ex-Mormon women who happen to be transgender. Um, she got her degree in mental health counseling as a family, family, uh, I, I can't remember her acronyms after her name right now, but you know, but she's, she showed me a path and I'm, I'm going to ride her coattails. 
And so I'm just fortunate that I'm able to do that at this point in my life. That's all there is. Yeah. Well, Emma, I think, I think you should, since I closed out the last segment, I think this is yours to close out. And I think you should say goodnight to um, our worldwide audience. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. So th thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. If you've got this far, um, it's been, it's been lovely, to, lovely to be on. They've definitely got this far because we have been just totally entrancing. That's right. Entrancing. Is that even a word? Yeah, it is now. Yeah. People have been enthralled with us. So, uh, yeah, th thanks again. It's, it's been so much fun. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I guess Penny will be back next week, so uh, you don't have to uh, have my co-hosting anymore. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> always a... welcome to come back and co-host, okay? Oh, thank you. All right. Well, this has been Transformation Thursday for my co-host, Emma Bruce, who joined us tonight from London, England. And by the way, it is very late there. It's like 1.15 in the morning. I do appreciate you staying up. Uh, it's currently 8.15 in the evening here. Um, I'm Amy Stevens on behalf of Emma Bruce. Good night, everybody. Thank you.